0: If you're getting together with family this festive season, how are you feeling about that? It can be a great time for slowing down and connecting with friends and family, but it can also bring up some awkward moments or tricky conversations, especially if it's the only time in the year that you see people who you've got complicated relationships with. It can be stressful too, in general, which can make for a bit of a pressure cooker situation. Let's look at some ways to manage challenging dynamics over the festive period. Elizabeth Shaw is a clinical psychologist and she's the CEO of Relationships Australia, New South Wales. Elizabeth, welcome back to Life Matters.
1: Good morning, Hilary.
0: Why is Christmas such a tricky time for some people for managing family dynamics?
1: well i think there's just so much loaded on it i guess that's the the obvious place to start um not not just in terms of social expectations and um you know the amount of conversation about it i mean i think in any workplace the what are you doing for christmas you just feel like you've got to have a right answer for that and that you've got to be looking forward to it and um behind the scenes people i mean often are that's certainly true enough and it can be a pleasure to them but for some, the, the state of their relationships or the lack of their relationships is quite painful. And for others, walking into the fire can be equally nerve-wracking.
0: And Elizabeth, uh, the uh, established roles, I think, that many of us have grown up with in families, you know, we, we often tend to fall back into these particular dynamics when we see these people again. Are there ways that we can manage that if that doesn't work for us?
1: Look, absolutely. And and so many people talk about this as if they're sort of helpless, um, sort of drawn in like a magnet, you know, to, to the old role and can often leave kicking themselves, you know, why did I buy into that? And why did I let them get under my skin? So having a plan in advance is a really good idea. And the first thing to do is really think about how you want to leave the event. What shape do you want to be in? How would you... Um see yourself being your best self um, in this in this um, uh, situation. To try and get really clear, you know, are you spending all your time arming up? Because if you think, well, I'm putting on the flak jacket and i'm I'm taking an extra handgun, then you're actually just preparing for battle, and that'll have you on edge. You also go into anxious thoughts about what if they do this and what if they do that. you're more you are more empowered if you think, actually, what am I going to do to just stay calm? Um, Nobody can do anything in particular to me. I'm in charge of my own reactions. How can I get myself into a calm, wise state going in? Um, Planning, if you really have quite horrendous family dynamics or there can be quite um, harmful and upsetting things that happen, have an exit strategy baked in. So you might say in advance, look, I'm sorry, I have to go at three um, I have something else on so that you don't have to look like you ran out or that you have to wait till you're upset. And then, you know, you feel like people are just judging you for that. But I think saying that in advance, um, downloading um, a three minute meditation app or something that calms you down or something that makes you laugh, knowing that you can at any time just say, I've got to go to the bathroom or you just, I'm going to sit in the backyard for a bit. And you actually spend that time Um, doing some deep breathing and just coming back to yourself. Um, The thing is that if you are provoked or triggered, um, instead of stepping back and getting together with other family members and saying, can you believe what they did, which is very tempting, sometimes that's really reassuring, but sometimes it actually just keeps the upset going. So being ready to regulate yourself and... um, and set up some distraction strategies or clever things you're going to say when people drop that bomb that's supposed to get you going.
0: I know some people who uh, set up a kind of venting slash debriefing time at the end of the day with a a friend or chosen family after the event so they can work through some things. Is there a fine line between doing that healthy debrief and, and kind of keeping the emotions ramped up?
1: Well, I think the debrief with someone who wasn't there, of course, they can just go with your story. And if they've got a good story too, that can be really comforting. I think that, you know, the problem of other people is very compelling, isn't it? Because you know we're all we're all tricky characters, and other people can be annoying and get in our way and cause us trouble and all of those things. Um, but ultimately the more we stay with the problem of other people, we do often feel uh, we we're blind to the options that we've actually got. And so I think when people are very predictable, so you've got you know your uncle who always starts in on your politics or um the person who says, "Why aren't you married yet, whatever the whatever the trigger is, to actually, when it's really predictable, you've got such an opportunity to think: How do I want to answer that this year? Um, what do I want to try that I haven't tried before? Um, and and also, you know, there might be even a possibility to ring these people in advance if you do think they're well intentioned but socially insensitive and inept. Then ringing them and saying, "Look, you may not be aware. It really hurts me when you ask me that." Um, and I wish you wouldn't, Um, and I really want to get on with you and I want Christmas or whatever the festival is to go well. Um, You know, can we do it differently? So appealing to people's better self if you feel they've got a better self, um, but otherwise being ready with the, the quip or the supportive family member you might say to them, look, I really want to head that conversation off at the pass. Will you help me out this year? Um, and good allies could be also very helpful. Yes. Well, then I mean,
0: there are those kind of tricky personal topics, but also, I guess, conversations where your politics or your values might be challenged by family members with different viewpoints. Are there things you can do uh, in the moment, Elizabeth, if you haven't been able to do that prep work beforehand, just to say either we're not going to talk about that or or steer it in a different direction?
1: Look, absolutely. I think again, being just true to yourself and to say, um, you know, is this conversation you want to have, some families, they relish those conversations, and it's a very safe thing to do for others. as soon as the tension goes up, it's unhelpful. so I think I think um uh, you have to tell the difference between where you feel really. Um, affronted because people's politics um, you you know you are offended and and where a conversation um, just sort of slips into territory because I think you might have responses for both Um, but I think what's important is to say that you've got options your power is in saying I actually don't even have to have this conversation this year would this conversation even interest me Um, have I got any hope of changing their mind and actually just finding a way to look at them and smile and say, well, look, as you know from last year, our politics are just really different and, um, and I don't think there's anything new we could say on this topic this year. And you just, if you do it early enough, when everybody is um, you know, still in that sort of reasonable state of mind, you often can distract. And if they persist and say, oh, but go on, you know, and try and get you in to just say, no, I'm not gonna buy it this year. No, we did that last year. I'm I've learned my lesson. I'm not going there. You can you can be a little self-deprecating, but at the same time incredibly firm and boundary. That you're not going to buy into it.
0: You mentioned the word judgment before, Elizabeth Shaw, and I thought that will resonate with a lot of people. Uh, what about, for example, around things like parenting? If you uh, have your children at the event and uh, perceiving perhaps that the way they're behaving is attracting some judgment, how do you how do you deal with those different viewpoints around parenting?
1: Look, I think if you're talking about um you know children who are still um, young or teenagers, um then I think it's often about the expectations that um that you think others are judging. Um, and so it it again is getting ready for the event, maybe talking about things with the kids and what you want from the family without being controlling because, again if you say to your children look you know what grandma's like I want you to behave so she doesn't do this um, that's very unhelpful to load up um, again the, the problem of other people how do we manage other people by changing ourselves I think that's when we can feel most resentful whereas actually saying um, yes there's a certain level of politeness or behavior that we expect but outside of that everyone has to manage themselves and um, and need to enter into the, the family event with good spirit. The, the thing is that these events go on a long time. That's part of the problem is that they're often set up as all day affairs. The drinking happens, kids get fractious. Um, I think it's also about planning the day so that Kids have a reasonable out that, okay, in between dinner and dessert, everyone's leaving the table and going to the park or playing a game in the garden so that you actually do break it up and redirect the energy.
0: We're speaking with Elizabeth Shaw, who's a clinical psychologist and the CEO of Relationships Australia in New South Wales. Julie's texted in saying, is there something wrong with the premise that we need to arm ourselves with strategies for managing a Christmas day? The narcissistic family member is avoided all year except for this day. And we heard Elizabeth talking before about the the difference between saying, I will come up with strategies and make sure I'm prepared and, and uh, conversely the idea that you go in expecting battle and then it inevitably ensues. Some things are under our control, aren't they, and some are not. Elizabeth, you also mentioned the word expectations, which I think just plays such a huge role in, in Christmas, not just in our family interactions, but I guess particularly if you're hosting, that idea that everything has to be perfect and it has to be smooth and go well. How do we approach that in a healthy way?
1: Yeah, I think you see often family members who drive themselves very hard and and really are not enjoying themselves because they're in control of the meal or, you know, it's their house on the line or whatever it might be. Uh, Again, I think talking with family, with key family members who often take on those roles um, in advance and say, I often see you doing it tough or you you drive yourself very hard. How can we do it in a way that the load is shared or that it's a bit more relaxed? Um, often you see people hosting that actually resent it and are exhausted by doing it, but feel in role compelled to do so. So I think talking empathically and supportively before the event to say, Um, you know, how can we make it, um, uh, you know, a better event for everybody in advance, at least raises the possibility that we have some choices here. Um, I think a family that can say each year uh, later, you know, what went well, what would we do differently next year? And again, it introduces the possibility that you can do things differently. It's not set in stone that it has to be this way. Um, because I do think families creak under the weight of those expectations um, and it actually becomes um, a rigid um a rigid sort of um, harsh event rather than being able to relax and okay the pudding fails or the you know, um, the roast is burnt or whatever it is. And some people really find that unbearable. But for others, it's all part of the fun. It's all part of what happened. So I think saying how can this actually be a pleasure to us rather than a burden is... um, is going to be really critical after a tough year. I mean, it's it's been a tough year for many people.
0: Yes. Yeah, tradition can be a, a, a comforting thing or and or a constraining thing, I think. Elizabeth, thanks so much for giving us your insights ahead of this, uh, this lovely and potentially stressful time. Thanks, Hilary. Elizabeth Shaw, clinical psychologist and the CEO of Relationships Australia in New South Wales. One text on this. This discussion assumes that everyone else is the culprit. Maybe it is you good point point. and Bernadette in Canberra says if family aren't your friends don't go go where you are seen and valued it can't be a one-way street be with friends or volunteer for charities it took me nearly half a century to work out what toxic meant says Bernadette and I mean if you can't get to see loved ones over the festive period or the, the loved ones that make you feel loved Christmas can be a tough time we're going to talk more about that on Wednesday's show when we look at how to deal with loneliness hope you can join us then Getting in touch with ABC RN is easy.
1: Join the conversation live using the ABC Listen app's call and text features.